What is up, everybody? Joe Sib here with you and my co-host. Anaya Bogue. Rad Parenting, ready for a great show. A uh, little bit of business at the beginning of the show for you all. Keep the emails coming in. Radparenting at gmail.com. That is the best way to get in touch with us. Also, it can steer the direction of the show. Last couple episodes have been uh, great shows because the community of Rad Parenting hits us up and lets Anaya and I know what you guys your questions, your thoughts, and also the reviews on iTunes. You ready for this, Anaya? We just went over 100 reviews. Nice. Yeah, That's 100 so, reviews. That makes me very happy. So if you want to keep doing- Are they doing, all still good, Joe? They are. <laughs> I, You know, I've said it on the show quite a few times. Reading the reviews is, is amazing because I never, and I know you feel the same way, did you ever anticipate we would make such an impact on no. people's lives? No, I didn't. No. I mean, especially since I have so much fun doing this. It's like I work hard at a lot of things. And this thing, although, you know, I've got to have some preparation, it doesn't, it never feels as hard as many of the other things that I do. Well, it's one of the few things, too, that I always feel you and I are both on time for. It's not like pulling teeth to yeah, get yeah, you yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. It's I, fun. Yeah, I love it. We put our music <laughs> on. We drink our coffee. We just did our first photo shoot together. Yes, very exciting. Yeah, only took three times of photographs because <laughs> we're both vain. Are, are we both vain? Do you think we both are? We're, we're fairly vain. But I really, it's so funny because I think the photos that we did, and everybody's going to see them relatively soon. Are is, not vain photos. They're not vain <laughs> photos. Like, you'll know this when, when you see them, folks. I found out something about Anaya that I love. The photo that we decided to use, uh, probably by the time that this is airing, you'll be able to check it out. We're redoing our website and uh, Facebook page. And we got a YouTube channel now. So if you want to go to Rad Parenting and let's say... You're like, you know what? I don't want to go to iTunes to listen to the show. You can go to YouTube, and we have our own channel now, and we're going to slowly be adding all of the episodes up there, and it'll be a way that you can stream the show. Because sometimes I know that getting on iTunes or whatever, you can just go, you know what? I'll go to YouTube. I'll download it. I can listen to the show there. And eventually some video, too. Yeah, right? we'll have video up there. we got a whole bunch of stuff planned for next year. I think you and I have under now we understand the concept of what we're doing and there's a lot of great no i mean <laughs> we didn't know for a long time well we didn't it was really just <laughs> setting up microphones and throwing the other topics and like i said at the very beginning of this show i didn't realize the impact we would have mm -hmm. um which now and i said it the other day i, I feel like doing red parenting is it's fun but it's also a responsibility yes uh keep the reviews coming uh, I gave away three books, which, by the way, I got to grab those from you. Okay. I love that I just give away your book. That's okay. But check it out. Write a review. Uh, take uh, a screenshot of it. Email us that screenshot, radparenting at gmail.com, and we will give away three books as we speak right now to three winners. Uh, and Anaya will sign those yes. books to you. I will ship them out, and you can win the book. Uh, that right there is the business portion of the show. Throw in uh, a text if you want to uh, text the word parenting to 313131, and you'll get the show early, and um, that's basically what you get early. All right, with all that said, today's show is basically off of an article that you turned me on to a few weeks ago. I went through our emails. I was like, wow, I read this article. I always, it's a trip because the thing that stuck out, I'd never heard this term before, mm -hmm. gaslighting. Gaslighting, yep. You know, like I love the band, Gaslight Anthem, but yeah. I knew it had nothing to do with that. <laughs> you sent me yeah. this article and you said, remind me, I want to do a show on this. Ladies and gentlemen, Anaya Bogue. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if anybody else out there has seen this, but when I saw it, and we've been talking more and more about, about gas. So first of all, let's make sure everybody's on, on 
the same page about what gaslighting is. So it's a psychological concept of manipulation that um, makes someone question their own sanity. So the idea of like- One more time. Sure. And slower, because sure. I, I felt like I talked so fast, now you're talking like me, go. Okay, so it, gaslighting is a psychological concept of manipulation that makes someone question their own sanity. So in other words, if we're moving through the world, and it's uh, it's frequently, it's been talked about a lot in the news in the last you know year or so, this whole idea of say being in a romantic relationship and and one partner says to the other like um like are you having an affair because i'm kind of seeing like some different signs and the the person responds in a way that makes that person question if they were even sane to be asking it like and so and, and what's dangerous about this and i th i actually think while it's important to look at in that context i had to be honest, not really thought of it in a parenting context, but I think that the article has a lot of really valid points, and I think it's a worthwhile um, discussion because it's worth it, worthwhile being aware as a parent, how we are causing our kids to question their own sanity or their own ability to, um, to have intuition about things, to perceive things a certain way, to have reactions to certain things, um, instead of always talking them out of it and causing them to question themselves. Well, the first thing was when you sent me the link to the article, which by by the way, we will put uh, on the front page of Rad, on okay. the Facebook page, I will cool. put the link up there for you. It'll be connected to this episode. So go to Rad Parenting on Facebook and you'll be able to check out this article about gaslighting that we're talking about right now. When I read the article and how it connected it to how we raise our kids, mm -hmm. I, at first I was like, oh, I don't do that. And then as I kept reading down, I want you to roll through those. I was like, sure. guilty, guilty. Yeah. Guilty. And so to change the language just a little bit so we understand this in a, in a parenting context, it's what we're ultimately, when we do these things, which I'm going to read through it away because I think there's a lot of really good examples, is we're causing our children to question their own bodies, their own minds, their own emotions. And and I, I think, you know, we've said this before, if we are trying to raise whole human beings that are capable of reaching their highest potential, they need all of those facets of their being. They have all of these inner tools. And if we start to talk them out of those things by trying to impose our own way of being in the world, then we are like literally detaching them or causing them to question and they can't be with us all the time. So and it's it, important that they have these And things. the key factor to the article was taking these uh, tactics with our kids and doing that and having them question their ideas and thoughts and like their sanity a little yep, bit yep. to get results that we, we want. want. So there you go. Yes. That's the that's the two factors added together. Uh and and the term gaslighting as, yep. as get, getting a result out of someone by having them question their own sanity. Yep. It sounds heavy. Uh but when you hear these examples you'll go, "Oh wow, you yeah. know what? I've done that before." And when we do it with our kids, it's really getting uh, results out of them. Uh, for ourselves. Yeah. So give so some as I read these, I'm going to sort of just like give some cues as to you know how each of these would be examples of us causing. And then them you to and I, let's both be honest if we've ever done. Okay. This. Done. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Uh, we are forcing them to finish their meals even when they're full. I'm not really. I haven't ever done that. Yeah, I have to say, I've been at raising two girls. I've been super conscious of always telling yeah. them to listen to their bodies. But we know. I mean, I my parents. 100%. Totally. There are people starving in the world. What do you mean you're going to finish that? No, I think that, that it's reasonable to be like, okay, well, if you're full and I, I, I hear what you're saying and I, I want you to trust your body, then that means there's you don't have any room for dessert. Because if they then subsequently a minute later are like, oh yeah, but I want some ice cream. You're like, mm, but you just said you were full and I believe that that's true. So I don't, no dessert right in now. In our house, it's standard that uh, a meal 
if it might not be the huge, it might not be received as like, you know, by the fans of the family. Yes, like, yeah, yes. cool. Karen sometimes does cauliflower casserole, which I love, but I can see <laughs> as a kid, you're like, oh, cool. What did we do wrong? Right, Like, right. I guess, what, did, did we do something wrong here? I thought, everyone, I thought everything was cool. Did they find out about yeah, my math? So what my we've math, always right? done is is if, if someone goes, yeah, I'm full and they didn't eat a lot, it's like, okay, cool. And then it, it's not like, hey, we're rolling over to get cereal because that's always the go-to. Yeah. Uh, but as a kid growing up, it definitely was finish your meal. I'm, well, I'm full. Finish it. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. that right there. Let's go to the next okay. example. So uh, we tell them they're okay when they're not. Guilty. Okay, so, and I think, you know, this is something that I, this can be a fine line example, I think, because I've said this before, and I'm a big believer in our kids taking our cues. So the example I always give it from my own childhood is if my brother and I were out, like, playing in the front yard, and we had lots of, like, there would be lots of snow, I grew up in Canada, as you all know, and then as it would melt in the spring... Um, we would be out there with our rubber boots and we'd call it, we'd, we'd get booters. That's what we called it, where we'd like go too far into the ditch and we'd get a boot full. Um, or if one of us fell or something, well, my mom would be watching up from the kitchen window. And if something, if we fell and she looked like, oh my God, what's happened? Yeah. Then we would be like, oh, something must be really bad. I yeah. must've really hurt myself. And we'd start crying. But if she was just like, oh, you're okay. Then, then it would be like, oh, I probably am okay. I'm going to get up and go. So there's that context where I think that there's, it's reasonable to help your kids like push through or whatever. But, but we're talking here about if your kid is saying, I'm really sad or I'm really, this is really bothering me or I'm really scared and being like, no, you're not. Don't be ridiculous. You're yeah. not scared. There's nothing to be scared of. Mm, probably not the best approach. Instead, yeah. engage in a conversation where they can actually tell you what they're afraid of and go from there. Yeah, I would say I would lean more on the someone takes a slam and I'm like, oh, you're fine. Come on, just because I don't really want to get up and deal with it. That was when they were younger. <laughs> when I'm like, don't make me have to do that right now. So I would go more with the, no, you're fine, you're fine. Yeah. But with the emotional, uh, I'm sad or I'm yeah. feeling a certain emotion, I've always been like, all right, you know what? That that's real. Dive into that and see see what you see what you truly are feeling. And I would say in my experience, not as a as a parent, because I don't have boys, but in the the work I do professionally with boys, um, is that it is much more common for boys to be talked out of their emotions because we have that, you know, famous man, man box where this idea we want, we think we have to train our boys from the time they're little, really not to show any emotion besides maybe anger or aggression um, because we're terrified that if they become, you know, if they're emotional little boys in the world that they're going to be teased or taunted or whatever and we're really trying to protect them. But remember folks that we can't parent based on like, oh, I don't want my kid to get terrorized for that. We want to parent them to be the fullest, truest version of themselves. Okay. Uh, next one. We convince them that um, what they're crying about isn't worth their tears. I think that leans more on what we were – I think that the way you, what you just talked about and that one are kind of a combo. Sure. Because you're saying – if someone takes if someone takes a fall, yeah. hey, you know what? You didn't get hurt that much. Yeah. Your tears aren't worth it. But if someone is emotional over something, oh come on, yeah. you're sad. You're feeling a certain emotion, and you start to cry. Um, I would say that we. I think we kind of answered that yeah, one. But I, 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 but I have heard people, you know, I, you know, and once again, you, you never want to judge another family or you know yeah. group of people, but. Um, you know, there's been sometimes at the house where I've where I've heard, especially in the backyard, because we got the swimming pool mm -hmm. when the kids were younger. You know, someone would cry, "Oh, come on, hey, you're not scared, right? Come on, just right. jump off the diving board. You're, why are you acting scared? Yes. Come on, yeah, you know, I'm scared, Ned, crying. Oh, come on, you're gonna cry over that? You know, 
No, I mean that wasn't you though, Joe, right? No, that was never me. Okay, good. Um, we over-exaggerate consequences, like telling them they'll get sick if they go out after shower. Oh, I've done that a million times. Okay. Um, I would say I have not. I have. Um, but, but I wanna, think that, you know, yeah. I think that some of that, that exact example, I think is something that parents might do because in, again, our generation of parents would be like, you're going to catch a cold, right? Like this whole idea of just by virtue of, I don't know, having damp hair and being out in the cold, you're going to suddenly develop pneumonia. While that may be possible, I guess sometimes, um, I think the point of this particular one is when we're using a fear tactic, we are now instilling fear to get our kids to do something we want them to do. Yeah. And, and that's the whole crux of this whole thing, I think, is when we want want to like shut them down or not, we, we don't know how to deal with it or we feel helpless or we're tired or annoyed that we start talking them out of their expression. One of the examples that I would use in this for me is that in order for my son or daughter, it'll always be something I, I want to avoid happening to them. Happening to them. Mm -hmm. You know, you're using the example of, hey, if you go outside without, you know, you just took a shower or, you know, it'll be, you're wet, don't go outside. Or, hey, it's raining, you need to wear your beanie. Mm -hmm. It won't, for me, I don't use those examples so much because that's not usually the fight. It's more of a bigger thing of if you, you know, Nate will be skateboarding or bike riding and he'll just be like, you know, practicing something in the driveway and he'll be, I'll be like, dude, throw your helmet on. He's like, dad, I don't need to wear my helmet. I'm just in the driveway. I go, dude, you wail your head. You're paralyzed, bro. And he just looks at me like, what? And I go, yeah, you will. You know, and I go to the extreme mm -hmm. and it's turned into a little bit of a thing at our house where he's, he said to me, he's like, dad, you know, I know that if, I'm skating a ramp or I'm at the skate park. I got to wear my helmet. But you're really telling me right now that if I skate in the front of our, in our driveway, mm. just practicing ollies in a standing space, that right. if I, I'm going to hit my head and become paralyzed. And because I just don't want him not to wear his helmet, yes, yes. I say, yes, yes, that will right. happen. And, I, and I now at this point, he's like, you're lying. And he's just out there without the helmet on. But at the skate park, I'm always proud when I show up and he's got and a lot of these kids don't have it on. Yeah. And, he's and he zip, does. He does. Yeah. That's cool. Cause it shows that he's got his own personal judgment and that's what we want. We, okay. we want to, it needs to make sense to them. Like I think what anything that we ask our kids to do, if we can't explain to them with good reason, here's why I need you to do this, or here's why we do this. Um, sooner or later, you're going to get blowback. And the additional pieces, I don't think we ever want, in my, in my opinion, and this is a really big one for me, I don't think that we are doing um, our children any good by raising them to believe that they're, and this is actually on the list, raising them to believe that, you know, just do, do as I say, like just, just do it because I said so, right? Um, because teaching them to just just always accept what they hear from an authority, for example, um, should just be taken at face value is shutting down, first of all, their ability to like that critical part of their, of their brain. But also trust me, there will be times, whether it's with their peers or it's with a bad teacher or whatever, where you want them to have that muscle activated where they go, Oh, wait a minute, this does not sound right to me. And I don't, it doesn't matter that like nine of my 10 friends are saying, Oh no, this is totally cool. Nobody's going to get hurt. I can feel that there's something dangerous here and I need to listen to that feeling because that's what my parents told me was to trust my gut, right? Yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, okay. Uh, we invent things for them to fear so we can keep them under under control. I think I just said that you one. You kind of just did, <laughs> yep. 
Um, we discredit their childish passions by telling them where there will be more. There will be there will be more important things once they grow up. No. Um, so what about you? Uh, I would say no. I, I definitely am like all, and I, I, I honestly like, and I will be honest. But I um, with my kids, it's always been a thing of like, I'm always actively looking for that spark. Like if I see a spark, I want to just be like rallying around that. I think the dangerous thing that a lot of parents do is, and I'm, I would say I am guilty of this is like, you know, my work in the world, I'm always so passionate about like, you know, girl power and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes my girls, let mom, really, everything's got to be about girl power. And you know what? Fair enough. Like, yeah, that's my passion. That doesn't need to be your passion, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I also feel that, uh, and this might pertain even to the rad parenting community that's listening, that uh, we look as parents to focus sometimes I feel more on the activity or the skill that your son or daughter's really good at. Like, oh my God, he's so good at surfing or he's mm -hmm. so good at music. He's so good at this. And and then the sometimes I know in our household, the focus on like, say, stronger academic stuff yeah. wasn't such a focus mm -hmm. until my daughter was like, check it out. Like, I want to go to a college yeah. prep school where we originally as parents were like, oh, go to the school with the no tests and the no homework. Right. And they were like, that's not my scene. That's yours. But exactly. And how <laughs> potent, like that to me is when you really know that, that it's the real deal because yeah. they're not doing it because they want to please us yeah. or because, well, if mom and dad think it's a good idea, then it must be, or it must be important yeah. or whatever. Um, you want them to discover these things on their own. And the fact that your daughter discovered that about herself, in spite of the fact that you and, and Karen were sort of had a different agenda is really powerful. Yeah. Um, and good on you for like supporting her and going to the college prep school. Cause I've yeah, done that. Yeah. Gnarly. Um, so gnarly. We tell them the world is terrible and speaking to other people is not safe. Um, you know, I will say this. I do I don't say the world's terrible, but mm -hmm. I fully go for stranger danger. Like not when they were little, little yeah. like when they were little, ever since they were little, and I know that people right now might be super bummed at me. The card that I've played with my kids is uh, I, I've said to them, Hey, you know, when it comes to another adult that you do not know, you are on the defense, right? You're straight up on the defense, bro. And I, and, and I've told my daughter that, and my son from day one, like I, we're not playing the game where we trust everyone in the world and everyone's nice. Mm -hmm. I just, just straight up. Yeah. But I haven't ever said the world's a bad place and yeah. that bad things are going to happen to you. But I have said, Hey, when it comes to dealing with adults, as your father, you are on, you're going to err on the side of, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Keep your distance from me. Okay. So is that okay? It is. I think it is okay. <laughs> I think, you know, I think we just have to be, we have to be super conscious when we take that approach because on one hand, we absolutely want to keep our kids safe and we want them to know that there are, there is, there, there are certain things we want them to, to be mindful of. Right. Yeah, and I'm not saying like avoiding groups of people, right. avoiding people of, of different race and color. I'm saying yep. straight up, someone comes to you and says, Hey, Hey, what's up with you? Yeah. Do you know where, do you know where, you know, 41st Avenue is? You know yes. what? I don't. Can you please step away from me? Right. And so, so there's two <laughs> things I'm going to say about that. And, and they're kind of different, different points, but both related. The first is we can actually, um, there have been m more cases than I wish were, were true where, um, young people and especially girls who have been taught, you know, always be kind, always be nice, have not protected themselves adequately and have ended up very hurt or dead. The term that you've used wow, that, that I've learned, uh -huh. I, well, the term that you used is pleasers. 
Yes, Women, exactly. are, a lot of young when girls we, were taught to be pleasers. Exactly. And so there have been cases where, you know, a strange guy shows up at, up at the door or a strange guy walks up on the street and says, I just need like a few dollars. Could we go to the ATM? And then before you know it, like the girl's missing. So, so there is something to be said for that. The other piece is that when it comes to specifically uh, sexual abuse, that it happens almost let's just say most of the time, it happens with people that children know. And so the only caveat there to that whole stranger danger thing that I think is especially important is that we are also aware as parents, and I'm not saying that, you know, you walk around going, you know, be, be careful around Uncle Joe. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is as parents, we need to not be fooled into a um, sort of false comfort zone of like, it's only going to be the stranger that could hurt my yeah. kid. No, no, totally. That's, uh, you know, that's such a great point that you brought up right there. And I don't know if everyone knows that. Like right now when you're saying that, I'm like, wow, that's a thought That's a thought I never thought of, that that type of tragedy usually happens with someone that the family knows. Yes. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's him. Back though to um, Stranger Danger. Yep. And when it's come down to with, with my son or daughter, the one thing that I've always said to them is that you can still help people. And I, even as a grown man, I've had people come to me and go, hey, man, buddy, man, can you help me out? I, you know, I'm short. Of, you know, my family ran out of gas. And, we're, and I go, hey, dude, stay where you are, and I'm going to leave a 20 spot on this car, but do not follow me. And it's this weird thing really? where they're like, oh, yeah, I've done that before. I'll be like, bro, you need help? Here's the first thing. You and me, you keep your distance, but I will help you. I'm going to call 911, or you know what? I'm going to leave a fiver spot here, but right. that's it. That's right. where your, our relationship ends, bro. Hmm, interesting. And, and I'll still help them because I'm a because because I've heard of the story that you you know you're reaching in your wallet yeah. and then you know this guy's bro comes up behind you and before you know it you're a done deal. So like I I've always been a very defensive type of individual with yeah. picking up on that. Whereas I I feel that. Um, you can teach your kids to help people, but you can also help people with the distance between you. That's the first thing they teach you. Right. So have karate. compassion, but keep yourself safe. Exactly. Um, That's yeah. What and I'm I think I think the other big thing there is, and this is not something that you know, hundred percent of the time, but I do think. I mean, we are we are we are animals at the end of the day, and like all animals, we do have really sharp instincts. And I agree. We, talk our children out of them. We get to the point where they've become numb to their instincts. And it's the simple way to say it is, you know that, you know that feeling like when you're, you know, you're, you're walking or you're, you, you meet a new person, and you're like, something just doesn't feel right here. And it might not mean that that person's a bad person, but that something's just off in your chemistry or there's, it's just not the right place for you to be. Like always listen to that because that's a deeper knowing that, that really transcends our rational mind. It transcends like the, the uh, surface information that we have. And and teaching our children, you know, to to trust their instincts or their intuition is really really a potent tool. Great point. Okay, the next one is um, we teach them not to question older people or authorities. I think we kind of just talked about that. Yeah, and especially yeah, I think you know this is something I think a lot of us are guilty of um, because our parents did it right. Like you know you need to be you know you need to respect your elders and blah blah blah. And of course we want you know, we want our kids to move around being respectful of human beings, period. Um, but I think I want to just reiterate how, um, how much of a disservice it can be to our kids to just have these blanket rules of like, you need to, mm, how about people, all people. I mean, even when I was in the classroom as an authority on the first day of class, and I had many of them because I taught high school, I would say, I am going to work to earn your respect and you need to do the same with me. 
It's not just a, it's not just a pass. It's not just like, oh, well, we're all in this structured environment. So everybody's going to respect everybody. That's absurd to just be like, you can't, you could just command somebody to respect some, somebody. Um, so re- really important stuff to not talk our kids As out a parent, of I'll sense. say this too. I've learned, uh, the respect that I gain from my children. I have to earn it yeah. in the sense of if I'm acting a certain way and you know, like they, they, they respect me, but you can also, they can see actions and the way you carry yourself that if you're not carrying yourself in a certain way, they might not respect you. And sometimes yeah. that's even on a daily, daily thing. You know, yeah. Like they, they see you having, uh, I know that I've had, you know, they see you maybe talk on the phone, hear you, you're like, well, I don't know. And then yeah. it changes the dynamic between them because yes. that respect changes a little bit. Yep. So it's just, I really do believe that everyone does have to earn their, the respect of gaining that respect yes. for that other person. Yeah. Respect is something that's earned. It's not just commanded. Um, this is a big one. We force them to believe in the same religion we do. I, I suspect this is going to push some buttons because <laughs> a lot of people have just been, you know, like, I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm Catholic. Oh, really? Like, why, why are you Catholic? Well, because my, my parents were Catholic. Yeah. Like, to me, I feel like any, anything that we are go- an individual is going to engage in in a sincere way, and when I say sincere, I mean it is mindful, it is heartful. There's been, there's been a process of, like, to me, religion is something that should be come to as a you know, here's how I make sense of the world. And this particular religion really seems to reflect that. It really seems to embody these things that I think are valuable as opposed to just programming our children with the same religious dogma that we were, we were given um, and, and expecting that that is going to be sincere versus programmed. So that's going to be a hard one for parents, but I, I think it's worthwhile putting on the table and, and at least give, give it some thought. Have the conversation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the last one is we don't take their emotions seriously. We don't talk with them about their emotions or tell them not to feel a certain way. So, um, I know my life would be a lot easier if I chose that path. Yes, <laughs> I know, Joe. <laughs> I mean, come on. Any parent listening is like, you know, if you're listening to this show, I would doubt your answer would be yes to that one right there. Well, and, and the thing is with, I think where it becomes particularly challenging is in the adolescent years. Like if our six-year-old expresses like big emotion, like I'm, I mean, I had a big conversation with my nine-year-old yesterday and she just like communicating her sadness and her, and, and her joy. And it was kind of a bit of a roller coaster. Well, that roller coaster gets more intense through the adolescent years. And I think a lot of us as parents are like rolling our freaking eyes going, oh my my gosh, this is so dramatic. And but you have to remember that for um, for adolescents with those big, like just the surges of hormones. And, and they're also going through a really critical time in their life where they are figuring out who they are um, to diminish or to tease or to um, criticize those big feelings um, is, not, is not healthy because they're either going to stuff them, they're going to go share them elsewhere. And we've talked a lot on this show about our kids really want, studies suggest that children and even adolescents want to be able to go to their parents as their primary source of information. And we will shut down those lines of communication if we make our children feel shame or if we make them feel ridicule when they share those, those big emotions with us. So it's really important to try to take a step back, maybe do a little trip down memory lane and go, oh gosh, I totally remember everything feeling so intense when well, I was like I mean, 14. I- the fact that you have a 21-year-old and a 9-year-old and I'm sitting on a 13 and 16-year-old, yeah. I can ex- speak from experience right now. I have gone from where uh, the emotions were at one level 
through uh, the 9, 10, and 11, and, and then with my son at now and then my daughter both being teenagers, those emotions get way bigger, and it really is a callback to when, and if you can get your head around it, and it was the only way that I was able to, I think, really get through these times was when those emotions were getting big with my teenagers. Literally having to look at a photo of me when I live with my dad at 15 with like spiky red hair, mm -hmm. a GB8 shirt on, yep. you know, um, a studded belt and, and, and going, and going, wow, think back to what you, what was going through your head at that moment and things that you thought were so big and so huge and the drama and, and how you felt and, you know, taking everything to that level. And now as a 50 year old man going, oh my gosh, that was so silly. But back then yeah. it wasn't that long ago that I can, I can still have a taste in my mouth of how important it was. Yeah. So that was the thing that has been able to get me through. Yeah. And I suggest for parents, cause I get it. You work all day, you're paying bills, you're, you're, everyone's working in the household for these people and you come together and all of a sudden there's this drama and there's these huge emotions and feelings. And it's so easy to say, oh, you're just acting like a teenager, you know, yeah. shut it down and you push them away and you walk past that bedroom door instead of going in there. Cause there's a lot of times you walk past the bedroom door and you know, in your heart of hearts, I got to go in there and talk, but you're tired and you're burned out. Mm -hmm. And whenever I get that feeling, I always feel that's the universe telling me dude, that's now the time yeah. to go in there. Because yeah. if you're feeling like you just want to keep walking by, that's the time you go in. Yeah. You sit on the edge of the bed and you don't say anything and you just digest everything that's yeah. going on. That right there is is really, I feel, the key to having that dialogue with your teenager yes. when, they, when they're at those points in their life. Yeah, validating. Um, Not trying to fix it. Yeah, exactly. That's my biggest, that was yes. the biggest thing I had to learn. Mm -hmm. Not trying to, I'm a fix it guy. Right. I'm a, like, we'll fix that. We're going to put that over there. Yes. Oh, move that here. Oh, you're not feeling happy? Let me fix it for you. You know, what's going, so-and-so doesn't like you? Let me give him a call. You know, yes. like that, you know, it's like, and, and as parents, we want to fix it. And sometimes, and the best thing I ever learned was from a from a dad that had three teenagers and he said just sit on the edge of the bed and listen. Right. And that has two functions. One, it gives them a safe and safe being a very important part of the sentence, a, a safe place to vent because as as all of us listening know as human beings we are emotional creatures and if we don't give emotion of any sort a healthy outlet or some some place to go, it builds up inside and it can mutate into disease and other and other things. And then the second the second real benefit of that is is often the only way out is through. And so telling our kids, like even as recently as yesterday, when my daughter was talking about being sad, I said, sadness doesn't have to be a bad thing. Sadness has something to tell us or something to teach us. So maybe ask the sadness what it has to teach you, which can sound strange as a concept the first time you're saying it. But when you really pause and just try it as an adult, as you're hearing my voice, um, and then try to teach that to your kids, model it for your kids. Um, okay. So here's what in the article, they've given five things that, that we can do differently. Okay. So do we want to go through those? Yeah, pretty good. absolutely. Okay. So the first one is don't stop your child from throwing a tantrum. So never tell a kid just to brush it off or whatever. Um, I, I, I will say that from my perspective, um, we want to look closely at tantrums. Tantrums are full on meltdowns. And if there is like really, really big emotion that's coming out in the form of a tantrum, I think that's something to watch and look for what the triggers are and try to help our kids, um, 
have a way of, of not letting the emotion build up to the point of it being to having to be a, a tantrum. tantrum. Yep. Um, allow your kids, your children to cry. And again, I want to just, I'm going to say this again, parents with boys of any age, this is so important. The biggest, to me, the most significant way that we damage boys and men is by telling them that they're supposed to shut down their sadness. Don't or cry. Shut down. Yeah. Don't cry. I exactly. cried today twice already. Wow. Joe, you're amazing. The third one is allow your children to express human emotions. So again, I think it's just, you know, that's the, the gamut of emotions. A lot of these suggestions are just like, don't talk your kids out of what they feel. Um, for teach your children positive traits by being their model. So we, as, as we've said, probably from our very first show, it all starts with us doing our own work, checking in with ourselves. How well are we expressing? How healthy are we expressing our emotions? Um, how constructive are we in, in processing them? And then the fifth one is never shut down your children's emotion by choosing changing your perspective. So stop telling them, like changing their perspective is what it means. Stop telling them to buck up. Stop telling them they're too sensitive, overreacting or crying for no reason. So um, I think that there is, I mean, this is a, a, you know, not a terribly long article, but I think that there's lots here. And for everyone and, listening right now, when you go to the Facebook page, I'll put it up there for you awesome. so that you can just find it. Just go to Rad Parenting, like our page. That would be awesome. Yes, and then please. the link to this particular article uh, about gaslighting that Anaya found uh, will be there for you to read. Great article, Anaya. Yeah, I like it. I like leaning on other people's work sometimes. I mean, this is a really good one. Well, you know I what? I don't know everything. Yeah. <laughs> As it turns out. Oh, um, yeah. The, the thing that I loved about it was I'd never heard the term before. Mm-hmm. And then reading it really found out, oh, gosh, there's uh, a few of these that I have done. Yeah. You know, that was yep. the that was the first thing that I noticed. Yeah, and that's how we, we get to be better at anything by becoming conscious of the thing that we're maybe not doing as well as we could. Absolutely. Hey, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show. One more time, email us radparenting at gmail.com. Uh, send a text parenting, the word parenting, to 313131, and we will include you on our list of all the information that we send out for the show. Uh, my name is Joe Sib. And Anaya Bo. We're out of here. Late. Late.